Hello, church. We want to welcome you wherever you're watching from. We want to thank you for taking some time to worship with us today. Um, let us know that you're here. Take a, take a second right now and, and type a hello or a hi or a what's up or whatever in, in the chat box. And just, just let us know that you're here. During this time, we feel like it's important for us um, to be online together, to create community together, to to let each other know, hey, we're here for each other, that we're connecting together. And I know it's difficult. It's difficult to be in here um, preaching in an empty room. It's, it, it's difficult putting a message together, knowing that we can't physically be together. It, it's difficult just within the, the whole realm of everything, just knowing that, that we can't see each other. And so if, if throughout this message we could just take some time and, and use the chat feature, whether we're on Facebook or whether we're on yourcentralchurch.tv, utilize that. Let's, let's talk to each other. Let's communicate with each other. Let's, let, let's, let's remind each other that we're in this thing together. Um, before we really dive in, I want to take a second and I want to tell you about Easter. Um, Easter is next weekend. Um, next weekend is going to be different than any other Easter experience we've ever had at Central. I don't know we say that every year, but this year it's really going to be different because it's all online. We went through a bunch of different options, tried to think of what, what we could do, and, and we prayed and asked God, God, how do, how do we do Easter online? Um, and we came up with a plan um, for a worship experience uh, for next Sunday. And so next Sunday, uh, our services are going to be Sunday only. We'll have a 9 a.m. service, and we'll have a 5 p.m. service. So two worship experiences next week for Easter. Uh, in the coming days, we're going to release some videos that are going to tell you exactly what we do, how you can engage, how you can participate, um, how we can, again, be together um, to celebrate Easter and celebrate the gospel message of, of Jesus Christ. Celebrate the fact together that the tomb is empty and Jesus is alive and he's changing lives. And so we're excited about the opportunity that we have for next weekend, for what we're able to do. But that's next week. Today... If you have a Bible, grab it. Um, Matthew chapter 14 is where we're going to go. So if you want to watch um, on, on the screen at the bottom, the scriptures will come up there. If you've got a Bible app, if you'd like to turn that on on your phone and follow along there, or if you want to just take a physical Bible and open it up and, and take some notes in that as you go along, that's, that's great. But Matthew chapter 14 is where we're going to be. Now today we're going to talk about doubt, doubt, doubt. Any, anybody, any, anybody familiar with that word? Uh, I think so. The reason that we're going to talk about doubt is because at the end of the day, I, I think right now, it, in this time where we're at, all of us, in some way, shape, form, or fashion, deal with this thing called doubt. We're, we're at some level, all of us are, are questioning things. All of us are, are, are looking at, at things with an uncertain view of the future. And, and we have doubt. Let, let's, let's be honest. We're in week number three of this quarantine virus lockdown, and things change every single day. None of us have, have any idea when things are going to get back to normal. Heck, we, we don't even know when we're going to be able to meet on site for church again. And, and that's causing some confusion. That's causing some frustration. That, that's causing some emotions to, to well up inside not just, not just the staff and, and, and the volunteers, but but. The thing that we, we get to the end is it's just this doubt. Like, when? How? What's it going to look like? Is it going to look the same? Is it, it going to look different? Like, like how are we going to navigate 
through this thing. If we were all honest today, right now, we would all admit that, that there's some serious doubt and some uncertainty associated with what's going on around us. But here's the thing. It's not like doubt and uncertainty are brand new emotions in our lives. We've dealt with these things over and over and over again through, through the course of our life. Yes or no? Yes. Like, like if you've ever been a teenager, you've doubted your parents. If you've ever been a parent, you've doubted your kids, right? You've doubted your boss. We've all at some point doubted the government. And if we're real honest, and, and this is a place where we encourage honesty, where we want to be real. And so if we were really honest, every single person watching right now, if you were to be true and you were to be honest, you would say at some point, you've doubted God. Now I know in the church world, we're not supposed to say that. Oh, I've always had faith. I've just always been so faithful. I've always trusted God. And no, you haven't. You haven't. Because there are times in our lives that we, we call them seasons of storms where you and I look at God, and, and if we don't say it, we think it. And, and, and we're like, we look at God and we're like, really? S seriously, dude? Do, do you see what's happening to me right now? Do, do you see what's going on? I doubt I'm going to be able to make it through this. Now, where are you at? Where are you? Listen, I know that this weekend, it's, it's Palm Sunday, and we're supposed to be talking about Jesus riding a donkey into a parade, and people have palm branches, and they're waving them, and they're singing Hosanna. I, I get that. But in reality, when we think about, when we think about this week and, and, and what it leads into, it, it leads into the end of this week, it's, it, it's, it's Jesus being beaten and, and, and hung on a cross, or he's died, and he's place on that borrowed tomb. When we think about that, when we think about that in regards to, to, the, to the disciples, they were about to face some doubt. They were about to come face to face with some uncertainty. They, they were about to go lock themselves away in their house and, and look at each other and say, what the heck are we going to do now? How are we going to make it through this thing? I mean, we've watched him do some amazing stuff. We've been a part of Jesus doing some incredible things. But now he's gone. The leader of their movement, the one they had followed, the one they had called the Son of God, the one they had put all of their faith, their hope, and their trust in is now gone. And they're looking at each other in a time of serious uncertainty and a serious doubt and saying, what? What is going to happen next? And if I know anything at all about following Jesus, it's, not only did he tell us that we are going to have difficulty, that we're going to experience difficult times, that, that we're going to go through storms, it, it's, it's that he didn't just tell us that. He gave us example after example after example through his followers in the Bible how we get through these difficult times. Listen, I understand that there are people watching this right now. You're going through some stuff. I, I get that. I understand that. I identify with that. And the thing in your mind is, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. I, I just, I don't know how I'm going to make it one more day. I don't know how I'm going to make it one more week. I don't know how I'm going to make it one more month. And, and, and I don't know how I'm going to homeschool my kids. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, I doubt that I could do any of that. I doubt I can make it it, 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 through the end of this thing. And, and, and I get it because the storm that all of us are experiencing in our life right now, 
It's legit. For some of this, for some of you, some of you that are watching right now, the storm that you are in or the storm that you see coming is no laughing matter. It's real. Maybe, maybe you're sitting through all this and you feel like you're alone. You feel like you're, you're I, I don't know. Let, let, let's, just, let's, let's talk about a couple things. You're, you're single. You feel like your singleness has turned into a storm. And if you meet one more person that tells you to learn how to be content, you're going to rip their head off with your bare hands, right? It, it's not that during this time you, you feel single. It's that you feel lonely. And that's a stormy situation. For some of you, it's, it's not the fact that you're single. Some of you, the storm that you're in is the fact that you're married. And, and you're in like a full-blown Category 5 hurricane, right? You're hanging on to each other, but the only reason you're hanging on to each other is to get a tighter grip. You know what I'm talking about? We, we should probably talk about that later on. Because there, there are married people watching right now that, that I would be willing to bet that you're, you're hanging on by a thread. You're in the middle of a marriage storm. Maybe, maybe you're in a storm in your career. Maybe you're in a storm in your finances. Maybe you're dealing with stress and fear and worry and, and, and anxiety. For, for most of us, the uncertainty that comes with the ever-changing information that we get daily right now is causing some serious doubt. I don't know what storm you're going through today, but I do have one thing that I want to share with you. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give you the sermon in a sentence. I'm going, to, I'm going to summarize this entire thing right here, right now. And so if you've got to turn off the internet or you feel like just tuning me out and surfing other things and using this in the background, this is what I want you to get. If you don't get anything else, like this is the walk away for the entire message. This is what you got to get. It's this. No matter where we are in life, no matter what's happening around us, no matter the storm, the one who is in you is greater than what you're going through. The one who is in you, this is good stuff. The one who is in you is greater than what you're going through. Now, a couple things, because some of you are like, well, it didn't help me. That's the sermon in the sentence. Seriously, that's all you got? The one who is in me, a greater than what I'm uh-uh. You, you know what? That statement right there, the one who is in you is greater than what you're going through, <laughs> that might not change your circumstances. And, and, and I can't I can't guarantee that when you turn off the video today, your storm is going to go away. But maybe God isn't trying to change your circumstances. Maybe he's trying to change you. And the one who is in you is greater than what you are going through. Now, that's only true if you're a Christian. If you're watching and you're a non-Christian, this statement is not true for you. Because the only thing you have inside of you is you. And you are not enough to sustain you in this life, which is why I would tell you that you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. But we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But for those of you watching that do have Jesus in you, and you're in the middle of the storm, and you feel like you're having a tough time going through this, the thing I want you to understand today, the thing you've got to walk away with, is the one who is in you. The one who is in you. That's Jesus Christ. The one who is in you is greater than, than what you're going through. I want to I wanna walk you through this through somewhat of a familiar um, Bible passage. Matthew chapter 14. Jesus had just finished feeding 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. Actually, scholars believe it was more than 5,000, and it was 5,000 men, and then there were women and children with him. And so we're going to say Jesus has, has just got done feeding a lot of thousands of people um, with five loaves of bread and two fish. It was amazing. And so after that miracle happens, after that 
story takes place. We're going to pick it up verse 22. I want you to watch this. This is crazy. Then the Bible, the Bible says this, immediately. Now that word is going to be huge. We're going to see that word over and over and over through this text. Immediately. That's great. So when you see the word right here, immediately, it means immediately after Jesus had fed thousands of people. After that had happened, right? Immediately after that happened. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples. Everybody say made. Made. That's key. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Now, a couple of things in this verse that really stand out to me. First thing is this. Jesus didn't ask the disciples. He didn't get their input. He didn't, he didn't say like, hey guys, uh, what do you think about maybe we ought to just disperse a little bit, maybe we ought to do this. No, 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 no. The Bible says he made them. He's like, Peter, James, John, Andrew, get in the boat. He, he's making them get in the boat. Now, at first, you would probably scratch your head and you're wondering, why, why did Jesus do this? Dude, why are you making them get in the boat? And it's very simple. Jesus had just fed thousands of people with five loaves and two fish, and people were looking at Jesus as some sort of rock star. Now, the disciples, they weren't the rock star, but they were the closest to the rock star. And, and so this was, this was Jesus getting them out of a tempting situation where, where they could get caught up in pride and arrogance. It could begin to dominate them. And, and so Jesus wanted to get them out of the situation. He said, Gee, hey, guys, I, I got another plan for your life, and, and it's not to receive attention. It's to get into the boat and go ahead of me to the other side. Jesus is telling them, hey, get in the boat, get in the boat, and go over there. The second thing that I want you to know is that it's implied in this verse that Jesus is saying, I'll catch up with you later. You guys are going to go, and I'll meet up with you later. Like, get in the boat, take off, you're going to land on the other side, and I'm going to join you. Now, here's what's crazy. Jesus knows everything. Jesus is not limited by time. He's not. He knows everything, and he's not limited by time. And so here's the question that we have to ask ourselves. Did Jesus make his disciples get in the boat knowing they were going to experience a storm? Yes or no? Go ahead and type your answer. Go, go ahead. Did, did Jesus make the disciples get in the boat knowing they were going to experience a storm? Type yes or no right now. Yes! Yes! See, see, one of the things I want to do is set you free from what I call ridiculous Christian thinking. And ridiculous Christian thinking is if you accept Jesus in your life, nothing bad will ever happen to you. Your kids will always make straight A's. Your dog is never going to get sick. You'll never get a flat tire. You'll always advance in your career. You'll get out of bed every morning singing, Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing. No, that doesn't happen. I can't sit here and promise you that in life, as a follower of Jesus Christ, everything is going to be great. Here's what I can promise you. As a follower of Jesus, there are going to be days that suck. It's true. It's true. How in the world can we conclude ever that following Jesus is always going to be easy when the one that we followed went to the cross? How can we say that? And so the... There are going to be days, there are going to be times where it's difficult to follow Jesus. But at the end of the day, if he's in us, if he's in us, then he's greater than anything that the world is going to throw at us. Now the rest of this, this is so interesting. I, I love this, verse 23. After he had dismissed them, he went up 
on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he's there alone. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. He put the disciples in the boat. He told them he's going to join them, right? Remember that? Put them in the boat. I'm going to join you guys later. But after he dismissed the crowd, did he join the disciples, yes or no? Go ahead, type it in, yes or no? No! Dude went on a hike, put on his backpack, and walks up a mountain. And, and, and during this time, we're about to see in the next verse, during this time, the disciples go through a storm. Jesus is up on a mountaintop all by himself. It's, it's, this is crazy. Look, look at this. Next verse, verse 24. And the boat was already at considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves, because the wind was against it. These guys are in the middle of a storm, and Jesus decides to hike up a mountain. Now, I started thinking about this. <laughs> Don't you love it when people do what you want them to do? Yes or no? Go ahead, type it. <laughs> we, we all know. We, we know. <laughs> yes! Of course you do. It's like the, the other day, um, we had to go to Ames to get some ceiling tiles for the youth center, and, and we're we're getting into Jefferson, and we were coming up on the four-way stop. You know, you know where I'm talking about. And as we're approaching the intersection, there's a semi coming from, from both directions. There are two semis that are approaching. And so naturally, I have to beat them there because I don't want to get behind them. And so I speed up. And as I get closer and closer and closer, it's obvious that the guy on this side isn't going to stop. He's just going to kind of roll and turn. And in my mind, I'm thinking, don't do it. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Guess what? <laughs> he did it, and I was stuck behind him. In that moment, I experienced a little bit of frustration because he didn't do what I wanted him to do. And secretly, I was praying that a state cop saw him do that. He was going to pull him over. Because now, now I'm stuck behind him. I, I got to continue on my journey stuck behind him. It, it's, it's easier to love people when they do what we want them to do, right? Hey, hey don't you love it, parents? Don't you love it when your kids just do what you ask them to do? Right? Right? Don't you love it? Don't you love it when your spouse does? Never mind. We probably shouldn't talk about that. But anyway, you, you understand. We, we love it when, when people do what we want them to do. So let's take this a little bit further. Don't you tend to love God more when he does what you want him to do? It's okay to say yes. I do. Seriously, I do. But like for me, like when I pray for something and God does it, there have been a few experiences in my life, like not, not a lot, but a few, where I've prayed for something. And, and within like 10 minutes, God does it. And I'm like, whoo, that's awesome. When God does what we want him to do, we tend not to doubt him. We tend not to doubt his love. We, we tend not to doubt his presence. We tend not to doubt his compassion. We tend not to doubt anything. But you let us go through a storm. And that's when we tend to doubt God, right? Listen, don't miss this and don't forget this. Storms usually cause us to doubt God. Storms usually cause us to doubt God. And there are some people watching right now. There are some people in our church. You're, you're, in, a, you're in the middle of a storm called doubt. And listen, we're all in this together. And we need to stand strong in our faith because Jesus knows exactly where we are. And the one who is in us is greater than what we're going through. The one who is in us is greater than what we're going through. Before we go on, I want to show you this because this is really cool. 
Um, this is a picture in Israel of the mountain that most people believe that Jesus would have been on that night. Um, this is called Mount Arable. Um, right here is where they believe that Jesus would have been. The wind would have come through the valley and they would have pushed the disciples out into the middle of the Sea of Galilee. And so Jesus would have climbed up this mountain, been in this area right here, Sea of Galilee would have been down there in front of him. Um, a couple of things. Number one, I want you to know something because this is going to be huge before we go on. This is one of the highest points around the Sea of Galilee. Jesus went to the highest point, all right? The second thing I want you to understand is that from this point in the mountain, you can see the entirety of the Sea of Galilee. Translation, why this is important. Even though the disciples were in the middle of the storm, they were always in the sight of Jesus because Jesus always sees us in the storm. Isn't that cool? Jesus is up in the highest place, he can see the entire thing. He knows everything that's going on anyway, but he's watching them. He's watching them go through that. Jesus always sees us in our storm. Like, like, like there are people, I know you're watching and you're wondering. There have been times of doubt. There have been times of uncertainty. There have been times even right now that you think, does God even see me? Does he even see me? Or does he even understand what I'm going through? And the answer is yes. He always sees you in the midst of whatever you're going through, in the midst of whatever hardship, whatever trial, whatever tribulation, whatever storm, he sees you. I, I remember years ago, my son Jaira had set up a bike ramp at the bottom of our driveway, and I was watching him from the inside. He kept crashing trying to make this jump. He'd, he'd pedal, he'd ride really fast, and he'd hit it, and he'd crash into the grass. And, and he'd get up, and he'd be frustrated, and he'd kind of shake the bike, and he'd go back up, and he would try it again. And he would go over and over and over again until he could make the jump. And when he made the jump, when he landed the jump, he would go and he would put some more wood underneath the ramp, and he would make it a little bit higher, and he would try again, and he would fall, and he kept getting up, and he kept going until, until over and over and over again, he could, he could make the jump, and, and eventually he got this thing like super high. And, and he came in, and he's like, Daddy, come watch me, Daddy, come watch me, come see me make this jump. And, 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 and I looked at him, and I said, Buddy, I've never taken my eyes off you. I've been watching you for like the past 45 minutes, man. You are awesome. And when I think about that, I think about that's what I lose sight of sometimes. Well, when I get in the middle of the storm, I forget that Jesus is watching me, that he sees me in my storm. Now, now watch this. This, this is so cool. Verse 26. Shortly before dawn, so, so he let him stay out there for a while. It's so cool. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Now, don't miss this because this is huge, and this is one of the things that blows my mind. You remember how high Jesus was? Do you remember that? Remember Jesus at the top of the mountain. What did Jesus have to do to go to the disciples on the lake? He had to go down. He had to go down. He had to humble himself. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 that he humbled himself and became obedient even to death. Think about that. Think about that. Think about our Savior. Think about the one who is in us who is greater than what we're going through. Think about him. He humbles himself enough. Don't miss this. Not to run from the storm, but to walk to us in the middle of our storm. And, and, and even though he doesn't get there when he thinks that we should be there, because he didn't get to the disciples when they thought that he should get there, but he was always on the way even though, even though they couldn't see him. L listen, Jesus Christ 
is the original storm chaser, and he's coming towards you if you're in the middle of a storm. He might not get there when you want him to get there. He might not come when I want him to come, but he's never late. Never. Sometimes I find myself in the middle of storms freaking out, and I don't, I don't, I don't feel like God sees me. I don't feel like God cares. I don't feel like God understands. You, you, ever, you ever feel like that? But I, what I've learned is that the whole time, he's on the way. He is on the way. And, and I believe that during this time, in the midst of everything that we're seeing, he's taking a small step towards every one of us, every one of us that's dealing with doubt and uncertainty. And I can say that because I believe with all of my heart that greater is the one who is in you. The one who is in you is greater than what you're going through, and he will not leave you during the storm. He sees you in the storm. Greater is he who is in us. Greater is he who is in us. Let's keep reading. It says this, walking on the lake. You know anybody that's ever done that? Do you know anybody that's ever? That would be awesome. Somebody could do that. I'll be honest with you. I tried it one time. I did. I got out of the boat. I just sank right down. Like, it just got all wet. It's crazy. Like, you know, I had faith. just didn't work. <laughs> when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified, as would every one of us. Every one of us. Terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Stop. You know why they were terrified? Because Jesus showed up in a way that they didn't expect to see him. See, we can't fit Jesus into a system. We can't. You can't fit Jesus into a structure. Jesus doesn't fit into categories. When Jesus shows up, oftentimes it's in ways that we did not expect to see him. They weren't expecting to see Jesus walking on the lake. Who would expect that? Nobody's ever seen that. Nobody's wondering, hey, how's he going to get here? Is he going to take another boat? No, I doubt it. He's going to walk on the lake. He's not going to walk. You see what I'm saying? He's walking on the lake. And so when they see him, the Bible says that they were terrified. It's a ghost. It's a ghost. They cried out in fear. Watch this, verse 27. But Jesus, look at that, immediately. See that? There's that word again. I told you, man, this is going to keep coming up. Like, like, like Jesus moves. Jesus isn't, Jesus isn't waiting, right? Jesus, oh, my, there's so much in that right there. Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid, stop. Jesus always speaks in a storm. Jesus always speaks in a storm. I, I know that there's some really cool memes out there and there's some really cool people who, who say some things uh, about how the teacher never speaks during a test and, and we can understand that and we can look at that, but I'm telling you, Jesus always speaks in the storm. As you go through the scripture and you see these things, Jesus is always showing up and Jesus is always talking. Many times in the storms, we should consider them not necessarily our opportunity to speak to God, but an opportunity to shut our mouths, to get silent, because he's going to speak to us. Jesus always speaks during the storm. Listen, one of the things that I will encourage you with today is if you're in the middle of the storm, don't miss an opportunity to hear the voice of God in a way that you would have never heard it had he allowed things to be calm in your life. Jesus loves us enough to go through storms, and he's always speaking to us in the storm. Sometimes we just need to be quiet, and we need to listen. Check this out, verse 23. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, I love this. 
Peter's my favorite. He just is. Peter says some, some, some really goofy things. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Peter, he just said it was him. He just told you who he was. He, he just said, it is I, right? I mean, Peter, come on, dude. He, he just, ah. So Peter's a, Peter's a little skeptical in the storm. Yes or no? Y- y- yeah. All of us are skeptical in the storm. Because people are like, I, I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I can do it. And Peter's like, oh, oh, oh man, it's a ghost, and I'm scared, and I just, like, I hear your voice. I, I, just, I just don't know. Verse 29, Peter said, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, come, come. That's what Jesus said. All right, man, you want to do this? Let's go. Step out of the boat. You, you want to you know if it's really me? Tell, t- come on, man. Come on, Peter. Let's do it. Step out. Let's go. Now, now listen, here's the thing. Jesus just said one word to Peter. One word. One word. That's all he said. One word. Don't miss this. We always have an opportunity to follow Jesus close in the storm. We always have an opportunity to follow Jesus close in the storm. See, apart from the storm, what we're about to see, like Peter didn't have this opportunity apart from the storm. Yes or no? No. No. He doesn't have this opportunity apart from the storm. The storm provides you and me an opportunity to follow Jesus closer and ultimately have an experience with him that we never would have had apart from the storm coming into our lives. A a storm is our opportunity to, 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 to seriously put into faith what we said we believe in the first place. It's an opportunity for us to show that I'm not just, I'm not just talking the talk, I'm walking the walk. A storm is an opportunity for us to put into faith what we said we believe in the first place. Think about this. Jesus said one word, one word to Peter, come. Let me ask you a question. Don't type this out. But if Jesus were to say one word to you in your storm, what would that word be today? If Jesus was to say one word to you in your storm, what would that word be? Forgive? Repent? Confess? Give? Go? Stop? Like, what word? I don't know what your word is. I just know that Jesus is going to speak in the storm, and that word is an opportunity for us to follow Jesus closer. When he speaks that word, we embrace that word, we take that word, and we step into that word. It's an opportunity for us to follow Jesus closer. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. Which at this point, if you're giving an MVP award to the disciples, like Peter is the MVP, right? Peter is the goat. He's the greatest of all time. We're cheering, woo, go Pete, man, you are awesome, until we get to verse 30. Look at this. But when he saw the wind, which you got to look hard to see the wind, yes, that you got to look hard to see when I never seen the wind. But evidently, Peter saw the wind. When he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He tried to do this all by himself. You, you see this? You see this? He tried to do this all by himself. The Bible says, beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. The storm is an opportunity for you and I to realize that we can't make it through this life all by ourselves. The storm is an opportunity for you and I to realize we can't make it through this life 
all by ourselves. We, we do this all the time, though. We think we can do everything and anything all by ourselves, and we refuse to ask for help. I, I remember one time, a long time ago, um, I was in a gym, and, and I was I had a, a first floor and a second floor, and I was upstairs, and I was on the treadmill, because that's all I do in the gym is I go on the treadmill. I don't lift weights. I know you can't tell, but I, I, just, I just don't do it. I'm not, I'm not, like, into that. And I'm up there, and I'm on this treadmill, and, and this kid came in. And we'll call him, for illustration purposes, we will name him Frank. All right, so Frank comes in, and Frank was there every day. And I got to know Frank. Frank was a really cool kid. Frank comes in, and I'm like, hey, Frank, how you doing, man? And he's like, I'm going to work on shoulders today. And I was like, ah, I don't really have anything to do. Would you like for me to spot you? And he said, no, I got it. And I'm like, all right, Frank, like, are you sure? Like, you don't need no help. He's like, no, getting ready for football. I'm ready to go. I'm going to do this lift weights. I'm going to do this. And oh, I'm like, okay, cool. And so I get back on the treadmill. And I'm running. I got my big Sony Walkman CD player, and I'm jamming out some Motley Crue. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm, just, I'm just jamming. And all of a sudden, I hear, thump. I turn around, and Frank is laying next to the bench, completely passed out. Weights are everywhere. I walk over to him. His arm is like this, but the top part is here, and the bottom part is like way down here. I looked at him, and I was like, <laughs> like seriously, I am the worst. If you have a medical emergency, Pastor Ryan is not the first person you want on the scene. I don't deal well with that stuff. And so I'm looking at him like, <laughs> and I run downstairs, and, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm sick, and, and Frank is upstairs dying. I don't know what to do. And, and the lady at the front desk, legit, this is what she said, what's wrong? And I said, Frank didn't ask for help. That's what's wrong. Frank didn't ask for help. And, and as they were wheeling him out to the gym that day, I just started thinking, dude, if you just were to ask for help, your arm wouldn't look like a broken chicken bone. I didn't say that because he was hurting, but, but I was thinking that. Has you just asked help. Do you know what? Sometimes storms are reminders for us from Jesus that you can't make it through this life by yourself. Peter realized, because I'm sure as Peter's walking on the lake, he's feeling good about himself, but all of a sudden he starts to sink and he realized, I can't do this by myself. And so he cries out, Lord, save me. Maybe that's the place that some of you are today. We're in the middle of a storm. No denying that but you feel like you're sinking. You feel like it's all about to go bad. And the only words you need to pray today are, Lord, save me. Lord, say, Lord, save me. I'm in the middle of a storm. Lord, save me. My kids are driving me crazy. Lord, save me. I'm about to lose my job. Lord, save me. I feel like I'm the only person doing this and going through this right now. Lord, save me. How many of you would be willing and have the courage to type that right now. Lord, save me. Lord, save me. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this. I don't know what tomorrow's going to be like. Lord, save me. I'm telling you, those three words right there are so powerful. You know why? Because it says in the next verse, verse 31. Look at this. Here's our word again. Immediately. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. He didn't say, no, 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 Peter. I'm going to let you swim for a while. you got to tread water. I'm just going to let you sit there to find out how this works. The Bible says immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. 
You a little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? Why'd you doubt? Why'd you doubt me? I had you all along. I had you all along. But don't miss this. In order for him to do all, all Peter had to say was, Lord, save me. And there he was. And, and don't miss this. Don't miss this. The storm was still going on. The storm's still raging around them. The difference was Jesus had him by the hand. When we're in storms, that's the difference of us making it through it. It's the understanding that Jesus has us by the hand. I, I love this next verse. When they climbed into the boat, he, he, took, them, he took them back to the boat. Further, further proof that you can't do life alone. He didn't just say, uh, turn around and walk. It's cool. I got my eyes on it. Like he, 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 he took him back. He walked with him. That's so good. So awesome. Took him back. The wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him. Worshipped him. Worshipped him. Saying, truly, you are the son of God. This is why I love this so much. The people in the boat are experiencing a storm that nearly took their lives. Jesus shows up. They have an interaction with Jesus that they will never forget. And when they get back on the boat, they don't start fist bumping each other, saying, oh, man, way to go. Awesome, Pete. You made it through that. You were so good. You were so awesome. You were so great. That was so cool. No, 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 no. They weren't focused on their greatness at this point. They were focused on the greatness of Jesus, and they praised him. And they praised him in the midst of their storm. Isn't that awesome? See, the one, the one who is in you, is greater than what you were going through. And they were going to need Jesus. They were going to need Jesus. They were going to need to understand how great Jesus was. They were going to have to understand that Jesus was always going to be with them in the middle of a storm because ultimately all these men were going to give their lives for the gospel. They were going to be in situations much tougher than this. See, Jesus didn't send them into the storm to punish them, but to prepare them for greater things in their lives that they could ever ask for or imagine. And so today, maybe in your storm, you need to understand that you're not being punished, but maybe you're being prepared. And when we're in a storm, we begin to understand the greatness of God. We can see his greatness. We can see that, that he's here. And, and when we're in the storm, we begin to understand that, that there's, there's nothing this world can throw at us that we can't handle when we fully begin to understand that the one who is in us is greater than what we're going through, and we can praise him. Because watch what happens. Watch what happens. When they crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret. When they got to where Jesus wanted them to go. Do, do you see that? They got to where Jesus wanted them to go. He eventually joined them, but he did it in his way. He did it in his time, and the experience was so much better. And so, if you're in the middle of the storm, especially one that you feel like you're in because you're following Jesus. Um, he always gets his people to where he wants us to go in his time because his greatness, his greatness is greater than anything that we're experiencing in life. I've experienced this. You've experienced this. People in our church have experienced this. His, his, great, his greatness is greater than anything that we've ever experienced in life. And so I thought we would end service a little different today. Instead of me wrapping this thing up and saying, you can do it, you're awesome, you can make it, you're going to persevere, let's come together. Instead of doing that, 
I thought it would be great if we just, instead of focusing on our ability, we focused on the greatness of God. Listen, I will never tell you that your storm is going to go away. I'm not saying when you turn this video off that everything is going to get better. Heck, it, it might get worse. I don't know. But for just three or four minutes, I want all of us together to connect in a way that we can just praise God in the middle of this storm. Because there's something about being able to worship that takes worry to a new low in our lives. And so we're going to sing a song. Um, if you want to sing it, you, you, can, you can sing it. If you want to sit and, and listen to it, I want you to just sit and listen to it. But I would ask you not to sign off or stop watching because this moment right here is what some of you tuned into church for today. And so right now, sit back, stand up, whatever you need to do to engage with us, and let's, let's praise God for a few moments. And, and in the midst of this, let's, let's praise him because of the storm. And let's, let's praise him with an understanding that, that the one who is in us is greater than what we're going through. Church, that is, that is the reason to praise him right now. And so let's take a few moments and let's just sing together.